Happy Tuesday, everyone. Karen Fontenot here welcoming you to another episode of Genesis on Tuesday, where we study the great first book of the Bible, the book of beginnings, Genesis, where we find every doctrine of scripture included in this book, along with God's great plan of redemption for us in and through Jesus Christ. Now, let's get right into the content. Genesis chapter 1, verse 29. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree, yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. Verse 30. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so. Verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Our Heavenly Father, we are very thankful today for another opportunity to look at and to place our eyes on your word and for our ears to hear your words. Thank you for the blessing that is inherent, that is already in your words, just because you spoke them. And we pray again, open our eyes, O Lord, that we may behold great and wondrous things out of thy law. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, we are continuing in day six, and last week we ended with the blessing, um, verse 28 of chapter one, um, you know, it tells us that God blessed them. And remember, we said that um, God blessed the man by speaking words, and we, then we said that the first thing, the first utterance that the human ear ever heard was, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And you know, something that uh, that brings to mind uh, I, that we, it occurs to me that I didn't say anything about was the obvious. Uh, I think I, when I first mentioned last week that the first word, uh, first utterance the human ear ever heard was be fruitful. And I think I said, you know, isn't that why or isn't that no wonder that we all, you know, we're just not right unless we are being productive or unless we are producing. 
And that is true. But, you know, I, I didn't say, and I, which I, I, I should have, and it occurs to me that be fruitful and multiply. Well, he is indeed, he's saying, you be fruitful and multiply yourself. Multiply yourself. And, you know, we're going to see where um, in verse 29, he said he's given the man every herb bearing seed. So in other words, he's saying everything that he's given the man to eat is something that has seed in it or everything that God has given the man to eat is something that has ability inherent within itself to reproduce or to continue. And my goodness, well, wow, this just occurs to me as I am speaking. I just seem to hear the Spirit say that um, what more fitting, you know, food could there be for one, for a man to eat uh, food with seed in it, where he is a creature with seed in him and the woman, amen, that we are made ourselves to reproduce ourselves and to never die, amen. Isn't that wonderful? So then in verse 29, now we said the first utterance that the man heard was to be fruitful, multiply, and replenish, and have dominion. And then this is, well, God is still speaking. And so in verse 28, he blesses him, gives him the command. And then in verse 29, he says to him, behold, I have given you. Now I I have to tell you, I, those four or those five words, they, that just stops me. And I think we just have to stop right there. Behold, I have given you. And uh, we can even, um, you know, uh, the pastor at the church that I attend, you know, something that she says often is uh, she says that a good way to, um, you know, bring, you know, scripture alive to us is to, or a good way to meditate a verse is to repeat the verse and to amplify each, each word. And in these five words, I like to say one, God says, behold, I have given you. Then he says, behold, I have given you. And then we can amplify the third word, behold, I have. And then, behold, I have given. And finally, behold, I have given you. And thank you for your forbearance there with me as I just went ahead and uh, spoke forward and amplified all five of the words there because it's very powerful. And, you know, God gives the man the commandment and his uh, purpose 
in verse 28. And then in verse 29, he tells them right away. And, and behold, in other words, lift up your eyes. Look, look around you. Look to the right. Look to the left. Look behind you. Look all around you. Behold, see that I have given you. Oh, I tell you, all of us, you know what? We can do that today. I can do it today. Just reading this this morning, I did it this morning. You know, we all, it doesn't matter how hopeless or how negative and even you can be surrounded by calamities even of all types. But God always says, behold, look up, look around you. I have given you. There is always something that God has given us always. You know, um, I just along those same lines, I thought about Moses when he was, um, you know, God had given him um, a great commission to do, to return to Egypt, you know, after he had killed a man. But God says, go back to the place where people know you and say to Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord, let my people go. And such a large, large thing. And Moses went on and says, went on with the reasons that he thought, his reasons that he thought he couldn't. And what did God finally say? Ask him a question. What is in your hand? In other words, look at what, what have I given you? Amen. So behold, God had already given Moses that rod and in it, everything that he needed. And then he said, well, as you know, I haven't been to Egypt in a long time. And, you know, uh, I hadn't been there in 40 years and I, I really don't speak the language as well anymore and all that. God says, well, I, I'll give you, I'll send Aaron with you, you know, and we'll let him do the talking. Amen. So um, the look at how in every circumstance <clears throat> God <clears throat> can say to us, look at what I have given you. I think of the uh, widow woman in uh, Elisha's day, who uh, her husband was a man of God, who I think even that her, her husband, was he perhaps the prophet Obadiah maybe, but that he, her husband was a protege or a student of the prophet Elijah. And uh, she went to him and he said, listen, my husband served you and now he's died and, you know, he le left me with debt. And now the creditors are coming to take my sons. And uh, Elisha says, what shall I do for you? Then he says, what do you have in the house? That is another way of saying, behold, I have given you. And we know that is the story of, you know, the woman said, well, all your servant has in the house is a little, what, cruise of oil? 
Now, isn't it? So that's all she had in the house. So in other words, the fur, there was no more furniture. I guess she had sold the furniture, gotten all she could get for it. Uh, you know, what else? Uh, you know, clothing or whatever other household items, objects, uh, art, uh, pottery and dishes, on and on. Everything, rugs, <laughs> nothing in the house but a little cruise of oil. But indeed, it was enough. And what does the scripture tell us? That she obeyed the prophet. He told her what borrow uh, pots from your neighbors. Don't borrow a few. Load the house up. Bring them in here. Shut the door, you and your sons behind you, and fill up the pots. Fill the jars. Fill them up, fill them up, fill them up. And what happened? After she filled them up, she told the prophet, they're all full. Now what do I do? He said, go sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. Come on now. What was he saying? You and your sons. That's more than one generation. So God took, he said, behold, I have given you. He said, and she says, that's all I got. Well, God said, that's enough. And he multiplied, 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 multiplied. And she was able to sell that oil, pay the debt. And what was left was enough for her to live on and her children after her. So that's at least two generations. That's powerful, ladies and gentlemen. What else? Jesus at the, um, in the desert. Now, in the desert, ministering to the people for two days, was it? Two days, I believe. The people stayed with them. They hadn't eaten. And people are, the people are hungry and, uh, the Lord says, well, is there any food? Does anybody have anything? And, you know, he asked his disciples, um, I believe he asked Philip, where can we buy food for all these to eat? And then the Holy Spirit, narrating in the background, let us know that the Lord knew what he was going to do. But he asked Philip the question, to test him, to see what he would say. And he went on with, with Lord, there isn't enough. He got all of his human reasoning and so forth. And then was it Andrew who came up and said, Lord, here is a lad with five loaves and two fish. What did the Lord say? Bring it here. In other words, that's enough. Or... Behold, I have given you. Hallelujah. Continuing in verse 29, God says, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit 
of a tree yielding seed to you. It shall be for meat. And that word meat is translated food. And one of the things he's saying, which is so wonderful, is that he said, I'm giving you a diet of there's the herb and then there's every tree in which the fruit or excuse me, the seed is in itself. So in other words, he's saying, I'm giving you a, a, I am feeding you that which is a perpetual and an unending supply because everything that I am giving you has the inherent ability to reproduce itself. So, you know, whether you, you know, like of any fruit tree, you can pick one or several of the fruits to eat yourself, but then whether you eat it or even if you don't, you know, it's as it's in the ground, it is constantly multiplying. It has seed within itself. And no matter how much of it that you consume or your family or that you give to your neighbors and friends to share every season, it will bring forth fruit. You'll never be without that supply. And he says that of the herb bearing seed and then fruit trees and every, every tree. And I mean, my goodness, I, that just the volume and every tree that exists out there, there's really too many to number. Um, every tree in which fruit yielding seed, my goodness, I, I, I'd, I'd have to look that up and maybe someone else can look it up to see how many trees that that would actually refer to. But God is speaking not only to abundance, but also to endless supply. And then he's also talking about his, uh, his role and that he is our source and there are some scriptures that I would like to read to you um, that relate to it. Psalm 145 and verse 15 and 16 says this out of the King James Version. The eyes of all wait upon thee and thou givest them their meat in due season. Listen to verse 16. Thou opens thine hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing. Amen. Psalm 105 uh, verses 14 to 15 says this. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle and herb for the service of man that he may bring forth fruit that he may bring forth food out of the earth and wine that maketh 
glad the heart of man and oil to make his face to shine and bread which strengtheneth man's heart. Again in Psalm 104, skipping down to verse 27 and 28, he says, These wait all upon thee, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season, that thou give that thou givest them, they gather. Thou openest thine hand, they are filled with good. Acts chapter 14 and verse 17 says, Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. Psalm 147 and verse 9 says, He giveth to the beast his food and to the young ravens which cry. Psalm 136 and verse 25 says, Who, and this is talking about the Lord, who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endures forever. Jesus said that when we pray, say, Father, give us this day our daily bread. That's Matthew chapter 6 and verse 11. Jesus expands upon the point further in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat? And the, and the body than raiment. Verse 26. Behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Notice what he said here. He didn't say that their Heavenly Father feeds them. No, he said, your Father feeds them. Hashem, El Elyon, God Most High, El Shaddai is our Father. He's not, he's the creator of the birds, but he is not their Father. He feeds them because he created them and he takes delight in them and uh, they are his creation and he doesn't create anything that he doesn't feed. But he is our father. And Jesus said that we are much better or of much greater value to our father than them. Amen.
aside from merely what we are going to eat and how we will be fed, God is also speaking here about the principle of the seed as it relates to provision and continuity of life. You know, um, this is something that Abraham understood when God begins to talk to him about being in covenant with him. And, you know, after the battle and the great victory that God had given Abraham over the kings, after that great battle in Genesis chapter 14, Abram went his way. He returned to his home with his servants after the great victory and so forth and the the spoils and all of that. And then chapter 15 of Genesis in verse 1, the scripture says that after these things, after what things? Well, after the great victory of the kings, after uh, Abraham, uh, you know, received the spoil and had... Um, been blessed, had received communion from uh, the high priest Melchizedek and was blessed by him. The scripture says that after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying, fear not, Abram, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward, which is a very good, had to be a great comfort to Abraham because, you know, you come off of a tremendous victory like that of victory over some very powerful people, people a lot more powerful than you or in the natural. And, um, you know, he, he had to seemingly come away with thoughts such as, will these kings uh, come together? Will they join forces and, you know, build up another a fighting force to to hunt me down and seek after me because of my victory over them and so forth and all of these things. And so the Lord right away tells him, fear not, Abram, I'm your shield. And then when he goes on to tell him, and I am your exceeding great reward. Well, listen to how Abram responded to that. Verse 2, And Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, listen, seeing I go childless, and the steward in mine house is this Eliezer of Damascus? Then in verse 3, And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. Now, the thing of it is, is that, again, Abram had come off of this fabulous victory with probably millions, and in our modern times, what could have been billions of, you know, our modern dollars and uh, wealth and goods, but yet, in verse 3, he says, yeah, but, you know, it, but God 
you've given me no seed. So Abram could recognize that all of that is fine and good, but it's nothing without the seed. And God comes here in verse four and he says to him, and behold, the word of the Lord came unto him saying, this shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of your own body shall be your heir. And so then God goes on to tell him that, you know, not only will you have one to come forth out of your own body, but look up at the stars and I'll give you this many children. But again, so Abraham is talking or Abram was making mention there of the seed and how important is the seed? How important is the continuation? Um, how important it is that, Lord, the wealth and the material things really don't matter if I'm gone and there's no, um, there's no remainder of me. I don't have a living legacy in the earth. I have no seed. You know, God was serious about showing and proving to Abram that he meant what he said about the seed, even to the extent that he made a covenant with Abraham with an old man who had a wife who also was beyond childbearing years. And he was saying, basically, it doesn't matter. I will fulfill my promise to you. And this old man and his old wife had a child, a natural biological child. In the ninth chapter of 2 Corinthians, verse 10 says this, now he, and he's talking about God, he says, now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and he multiplies the seed sown and increases the fruits of our righteousness so that as we sow, God will provide seed to the sower and he'll even and bread for our food and even multiply our seed sown. So God has said to the man and given him again, as we said, the first utterance heard by the human ear is to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Then God says, and then behold, I have given you. And then he talks to him about provision. Amen. Verse 31 says this, and God saw everything that he had made. And God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And we see that 
the very good is a is not a phrase that he spoke or that he expressed at the end of the previous five days. But at the end of the sixth day, that is when he said, behold, it is very good. And it is similar to how that going back to our example of the couple expecting the baby and they can go month after month after month doing various things and preparing this and preparing that and the nursery and everything else. But then once they have the baby and bring the baby home from the hospital and settle him and her into her, his or her bedroom and, you know, gets everything set up and brings the baby home. And then they can look at everything and say, ah, behold, this is very good. Ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the end of chapter one of the book of Genesis, where we have had the privilege and the honor of looking into the heart and the thoughts and the mind and the desire of Elohim, of God, our creator and our father from the beginning of his making the heaven and the earth. What a privilege that this has been. Our heavenly father, we thank you so much again for this time together and I ask a special blessing and abundance of favors upon every person on the sound of my voice listening to this podcast. Thank you for creating us in your image and after your likeness and thank you for making us your children and may God add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the lesson. See you again next week.